welcome to episode 19 of Decoding Security. With GDPR going into effect in the next couple of weeks, there's been a lot of talk about politics and cybersecurity. Jessica and Ram will be discussing some of the recent political moves affecting cybersecurity and what they mean for you. Before we talk politics, though, what's been going on lately, Jess? So in the news this week, we got something kind of scary and really unusual. Uh, The U.S. FDA is actually saying that about 350,000 cardiac devices, so pacemakers and the like, things that keep people alive, are actually vulnerable to cybersecurity attacks. So they require a security firmware update that the FDA is recommending that eligible patients get with their doctors or their cardiologists to get updated ASAP because... Um, They're saying that attackers could potentially be either shutting down the pacemakers, which would effectively kill these patients, stop their hearts, um, or they could be using them as part of botnets if they are internet connected devices, which I guess a lot of cardiac devices are now connected to the internet for tracking. So it'll actually alert uh, the user and the doctor if there's some kind of problem with the device or with the organ that the device is connected to. So If you have a pacemaker, it's time to get to your doctor, make an appointment, and get that firmware updated. Uh, Besides that, what's going on, Rem? Uh, Well, you know, I guess we're getting into politics a little bit early. In Georgia, uh, which actually has the U.S. Cyber Command uh, and a ton of security companies, uh, their governor finally uh, vetoed a state Senate bill that was... Uh, threatening the cybersecurity industry. It, the bill would have essentially made it a crime to have any kind of unauthorized access to a computer or uh, to distribute anything discovered during that. And that would include like penetration testing, white hat, that kind of thing, right? Yes, and the security industry is pretty huge in Georgia. Uh, it also would have allowed uh, companies who are hacked to hack back, which is not actually a good thing because uh, if you're a malicious hacker, you're not using your own stuff to hack someone. You are stealing someone else's stuff and then using that to hack someone. So hacking back would essentially result in uh, you damaging someone else's stuff that doesn't belong to the hacker. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's some vigilante justice. Yes. Well, uh, but fortunately, it got vetoed. There's always the chance of similar legislation popping up uh, both in Georgia and elsewhere. So, you know, keep your ears out or keep your eyes open. Keep your ears out uh, for things like that that might impact you. Uh, And speaking of things which are up in the air, net neutrality. Yeah, net neutrality, which we talked about a few episodes ago, actually, uh, was initially set to end on April 25th. The the rules were going to be repealed. As of May 10th, Ajit Pai, the FCC chairman, released a memo saying that the rules are set to go into effect or be repealed effectively on June 11th. A lot of grassroots campaigning uh, in an attempt to save net neutrality rules. So it's been delayed another 30 days approximately. So if that's something that is important to you, there is still time to contact your representatives and try to force that vote to avoid the repeal of net neutrality. Yeah, I hear there's also the Main Street Cybersecurity Act of uh, 2017. Uh, it says 2017. Uh, it did pass the Senate. It's still waiting on the House that there there has been some motion. Uh, basically, uh, the act's purpose is to, one, NIST, the National Institute of Science or Standards and Technology, uh, cr- promotes guidelines, which actually kind of do make a difference because a whole bunch of stuff is built based on those guidelines. Uh, they're supposed to consider the fact that 
uh, there are small businesses that will need to make use of these standards as well, in addition to uh, enormous corporations. Yeah. So the the idea behind it being called the Main Street Cybersecurity Act is that um, it would provide resources and guidelines for small businesses, which are expected to be roughly 50% of American businesses right now. Uh, It has passed the Senate as of last September, but it is still waiting on the House of Representatives and then, you know, would need to go to the president still as well as any appeal or repeal, as well as any other appeals or changes that would need to be made. But it's a it seems to be a, a good start, a point in the right direction for a lot of small business owners who we here at SiteLock know don't realize the impact that cybersecurity can have on their business as well as their website. So um, it's good to provide those resources, uh, keep an ear on the ground for that going to the Senate and probably the next session. Um, Meanwhile, in the European Union, uh, as of May 10th, the first cybersecurity laws with fines take effect. So these only apply to the essential services like power, water, transportation, health, banking, um, that those entities would have to contact the government in the event of any kind of breach. Credit bureaus? Those aren't considered essential services, believe it or not. Hmm. Um, They're talking about things that are primarily, uh, you know, utilities, transportation, healthcare, things that impact the day-to-day life of the citizens, Mm -hmm. have to report a breach to their local government. Failure to do so would result in massive fines up to 19 million euros, depending on how critical the infrastructure is and how massive the breach is. Uh, In addition to that, in the next couple weeks, uh, May 25th, the GDPR takes effect, right, Ram? Yeah, if you have customers in Europe, get ready. Uh, And there's a lot of provisions that, you know, are things that probably should have been done a long time ago, but things like, uh, you know, if you want to, you need to get your customers consent for harvesting their data and you need to not hide it in a giant terms of service. Right. Yeah. The GDPR requires what they're calling active opt-in, which is different from passive opt-in, default opt-in or opt-out. So in order to collect consumer data in the EU, you actually have to, in plain text, have your users actively click that little yes box that it's okay with them. You also have to get parental consent if your users are under 16 years old. But yeah, uh, if you are harvesting people's data, uh, you will need them to opt in on purpose, not a default checkbox where, oh yeah, just hit next and you're opted in. Uh, Not something hidden in the terms of services like by reading this or by accepting, by clicking the button, you are accepting all the things we want to do with your data. No, you, they, you have to actually let them know, hey, we're taking your data and we're using it for X. And they require the right to be forgotten, which means if a consumer contacts you and says, I don't want you to have my data anymore, you have to provide them with a downloadable copy of anything that, they, that you've collected on them and then delete it from your system. Um, and they're actually, they could, find peop- they could find businesses up to 4 million or up to 4% of their global profit. 4% or 20 million, whichever is greater. Whichever is greater, yeah. So the GDPR is really important. It's time to get your game plan together. There's a lot to be done if you haven't started already. So there's a lot of information out there. Uh, there'll be sh- uh, links in the show notes to some tips and tricks to get ready, put your game plan together, 
Honestly, though, if you haven't been doing this already, it's really time to get in gear. Mm. Yeah, it might not be a bad idea to. There are uh, essentially plugins and stuff out there that will let you literally block uh, access from your temp- temporarily, hopefully, while you get in line with these uh, changes. I mean, uh, it's not necessarily a great option or good for your long-term business prospects. But if you're, you know, a, one of the a smaller company and uh, you have just a few customers in Europe, it might not be a terrible idea to temporarily block access to your site from Europe. Until you get uh, in compliance, uh, since that's better than paying 20 million euros. Yeah, if you're behind the eight ball, there are ways that you can um, block access, temporarily stop business, but obviously you don't want to do that. So take the next couple of weeks that you have available to you to really get in in tune and get your game plan together, get your security officers uh, appointed. You will need them. You, mm-hmm. you need to have data protection officers. Yeah, and really, people should have been doing this all along. I'm, I kind of hope that we see it go global. These kinds of provisions are really good consumer protections. Um, hopefully, this kind of thing will catch on voluntarily, if not through some sort of legislation. Um, which kind of brings me to our final tip. And I'm going to stray a little bit off topic this week uh, because we are talking about politics and cybersecurity. And the tip that I want everybody to walk away with this week is vote. Be active in your political process. Make your representatives represent you. And stay on top of the news. You know, democracy only works if everybody is participating. So if you're not participating, get out there and vote. Contact your reps. Do the thing. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Jessica and Ram. Uh, I think, you know, that was definitely some interesting information regarding, uh, you know, politics and, and how it affects cybersecurity and, and kind of vice versa, too. Uh, there's definitely a lot for our viewers and, and listeners to think about and take action on. Uh, we also want to thank you, our watchers and listeners, for tuning in. Uh, be sure to come back next time. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, wherever else you may be watching or listening uh, so that you don't miss any future episodes. Uh, also, if you have any questions, for the decoding security team feel free to reach out to us by email at podcast at sitelock.com or on twitter at sitelock the music upbeat forever by kevin mcleod of incompetech.com licensed under creative commons by attribution 3.0 license decoding security is hosted by jessica ortega and ram gall and produced by topher tebow for sitelock